Hey all, Pastor Drew here. This podcast series covers a book study we're going through with our intercessory team about breaking strongholds in your city. It's a book by C. Peter Wagner. So today we're talking about chapter 6 that tells the story of how God is redeeming the community of Hemet, California. And I actually had a, a youth pastor buddy who worked in Hemet for a while, and I, I don't know if he came in contact with this guy, but man, I was reading it, I was just like, oh, I know Hemet. I, I went out there to lead worship one time at a youth thing. Anyway, point is, um, this chapter is pretty much a case study of how useful spiritual mapping is. And wow, what a powerful story. Bob Beckett is the author of this chapter, and he's the founding pastor of the Dwelling Place Family Church in Hemet, California. This guy has been doing spiritual mapping since the 70s. He's a pioneer in spiritual mapping. This is just so cool. So, uh, Beckett, he, he, he writes this chapter so well. It just flew by for me. I don't know about you, but this was the easiest chapter to read so far. His practical wisdom about spiritual mapping is so clear in the chapter. And uh, one of the things that I loved about this chapter was how God taught Beckett spiritual mapping in his community 20 years before spiritual mapping began to rise up as a, a more widely known way to assess spiritual atmosphere in a region. So, I, I was just encouraged. Uh, I mean, as, as Beckett writes, he writes as just so human, and he's a, a pioneer, and, and I, I just felt like so much of what he said, I was just like, oh my gosh, I felt that, you know? So, he starts his spiritual mapping in Hemet in the 70s, and the whole time he's doing this, he kind of feels like the crazy guy who might be doing something weird. <laughs> that is until... Uh, Cindy Jacobs and C. Peter Wagner come to his house in the 90s and he shows them the map he's made of the area and they let him know the mapping is something, spiritual mapping is something that God's raising up in his people across the globe. And so, I just want to encourage all of us. I think in, in this way, uh, this chapter really encouraged me. That this is a season where God is raising up pioneers. This is the end of times, and God is raising up pioneers during this season. Uh, Beckett shows us that he was a pioneer of spiritual mapping, but didn't know if he was quote unquote allowed to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I've felt and believe multiple people on this intercessory team have felt that the Lord is putting things on your hearts that are, for lack of a better term, different. Now, these things, they might color outside the lines of a culture or even some church circles say is okay. And of course, God will never tell us to rebel against the Bible. The Bible is our foundation, uh, so I'm not saying that. But I felt so much encouragement from the Lord as I read this chapter to lay down limits Limits of what we think is possible, limits of what's already been done, and let the Holy Spirit lead us to be pioneers, if that's the calling is put on our hearts. So, in other words, if, like Beckett, you feel like God has told you to step into an idea 
or something that may seem a little different, then take courage in the Holy Spirit and be like Beckett. Be a pioneer and make a way for God's future people to grow in the Lord in a way that they haven't tasted yet. Okay, so moving on with the book. Beckett tells his story, and he starts out by moving, by him moving to Hemet, California, where him and his wife Susan were the directors of a minimum security juvenile facility. Now, as he got more familiar with the area, he found out this was a hot spot for transcendental meditation. Uh, now, a person with transcendental meditation took him to a waterfall in the area where people were said to have unusual length with this link with the spiritual realm. Now, this place was known as the navel of the earth. Now, adjacent to the navel of the earth was an Indian reservation where they practiced shamanism. And shortly after he found these things out, he learned that the Maharashi Yogi had purchased property in that community. Beckett felt impressed that he should take a map and mark these three locations on the map. Now, as time went on, he began to he became a pastor in Himmet. And uh, through a series of visions, the Lord led him and his intercessory team to pray into or pray at a mountain cabin. And uh, they were called to break the backbone of the enemy. And it, it's, it's interesting, he describes how the location was important. It was like right in the center of all three of these places. And uh, they prayed, and just to make a long story short, God gave breakthrough. They heard the backbone snap as they were praying. And he, he's honest in the book, and he says, we're not really sure what victory was won, but uh, that they felt the Lord had done something significant in the Spirit. Now, as I read this, I, I felt like, wow, this mirrors some of our journey in that, um, we dealt with these four locks and and God gave us this prophetic act to break the locks and and there was this aspect and he he told us these the locks of what the enemy was doing in the spirit would be broken um as we broke these locks and and so just like Beckett though we don't really know the full ramifications of what happened in the spirit when we did that but we do believe something wonderful happened. Back to the book. As time went on, Beckett began to dig more into the history of Hemet, and he found more about the Indian shamanism. He also found out there had been a slaughter of Indians at one point in time in the region. And he found out that a a water company had taken advantage of Indians through a mistake they made while drilling. In essence, they ruined the water table in that region and caused the water to flow into other places um, around Hemet. And then the water company ended up reaping the benefits financially from this. So in essence, the the Indians in that area were cheated out of this resource. Now, at the same time Beckett was making these discoveries, the Church of Scientology moved into the area. 
So again, more and more of these spiritists and cultic groups were moving into the area. So this was obviously a region with major demonic strongholds. Now, as Beckett continued to grow in leading his intercessors to pray for their community, he began to consider whether it could be possible at the same process for delivering a person from demons could be used for delivering a community from demonic strongholds. And what he found was that it's true that deliverance from a person comes down to God revealing the entry point of where the demon came in, and then letting the Holy Spirit reveal what he desires us to do to defeat and cast out the demon. This usually involves repentance, receiving Christ's victory over the demon, possibly prophetic actions and biblical truth spoken. But Beckett describes how with a community, the removal of a communal stronghold must involve at least parts of the community. Actions or functions should be done that bring unity. And I just thought that was great. I, I, I think his tie between, when we, when we really look at the spiritual warfare, it's the same on the larger level as well as the individual level. When you're dealing with an individual demon, many times the rules are much the same as dealing with a lot of them. It's just on a different scale. So, moving on, Beckett goes into the general spiritual mapping principles his church uses. First, he looks into uh, the city's history. Second, they look into what he calls the city's personality, aka what the city is known for. He uses a couple examples of, you know, like uh, San Francisco is known for homosexuality and uh, Vegas is known for greed and gambling and other things. And, and he's like, what, what is your city known for? And third, um, his uh, intercessory team looked into the city's cult centers. So he tells of how repenting of social sins is also vital and how Indians and descendants of the massacre over the Indians were part of an event that they did in their city, where they repented for the Indians being massacred. And I just thought this, is, this was such a testimony to us as we have the same th- kind of thing that's happened in our area in greater Orlando, and we're going to be participating in repenting for this massacre. But Beckett goes on to say it was unifying and even led to a huge drop in crime and multiple game members coming to faith in Christ. That repenting over this thing, he felt in the spirit, um, brought down a spirit of murder and a spirit of violence in their area. So there wasn't as many violent crimes and wasn't as much murder that happened in that area. Glory to God. So Beckett goes on to spend a whole section talking about how certain pastors and people are called to minister in specific regions. He said, just as there are territorial spirits, there should be territorial Christian leaders who watch over specific areas. And I thought this was great. It took me back to sermons that I heard growing up from my Uncle Roger. Um, He was the pastor of the church I grew up in, and 
And he spoke a lot of the same thing that God calls some people to specific regions to plant themselves there and uh, to be used by the Lord as watchmen. And I just felt in my spirit like this yes and amen as I was reading this part in the book. But uh, one of the next things that Beckett talks about is how his church joined him in staking the ground in Hemet. And I read this chapter yesterday, but was just pretty much blown off my seat when I read it because God had told me two weeks before this that our intercessory team would be staking the ground of Greater Orlando. Now, he had me personally stake the ground in my neighborhood. I was out praying for my neighborhood one day, and he's like, I want you to go to the different corners of your neighborhood and stake the ground. And I felt super awkward and super weird, but I obeyed and just wanted to do what the Lord wanted me to do. And as I was in the midst of that, the Lord said, the intercessory team, your intercessory team will be doing this over greater Orlando. And uh, But he said, not yet, that um, there were some things that needed to happen in the battle before we did that. And so, nonetheless, as I read this part of the chapter, I I received so much confirmation that God will have us uh, win great victories in greater Orlando. There was just so much mirroring and confirmation in the Spirit as I read this chapter. It was like, we were reading a different version of our story. You know, I, I just loved what Beckett wrote. But um, he talks about how his church did it, and we might even do the same thing. I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see what Anne-Marie wants to lead us to do. But um, he said that they went out in five groups, that four groups went around to the four entry, group, entry points of him at California, and he took personally a group to the center of town. All of them planted stakes and prayed and and sang praises to the Lord. Um, now, as I as I read through this, I, I remembered that um, one of the first chapters I reached out to uh, this group as as we read one of the first chapters of the book. I reached out to one of the groups that are mentioned in the book. And I asked them, you know, what information they might be able to give us about spiritual mapping in our area. And they sent me to a bunch of testimonial videos, like documentaries, about churches or communities that God had used spiritual mapping in. And this, uh, and Beckett's story is one of these testimonials. It's one of these documentaries. So I'm going to place that link, a link to this documentary, or at least like a a trailer of the documentary in uh, in, in the same post with, with this podcast. But um, yeah, I just encourage you to check that out. It's super exciting. And I am super excited as we continue on this journey. I believe God is moving. He is just affirming the power of what intercessory prayer warriors do as we join him in the spirit, follow him uh, to unleash his kingdom and bring down the enemy's strongholds in our area. Yeah, so I love you guys. Uh, I'm just so blessed to get to serve alongside each and every one of you. 
Um, I hope that you will take time, if you would, to share what the Lord is doing as you pray for Greater Orlando and our church. Please just take a moment and share. We need to hear from what the Spirit is doing through you. But um, yeah, again, I'm just blessed to get to serve with you. And until next time, I pray a blessing over you and your house. May God bring you heavenly peace and rest this weekend. Bye.